and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast, Working Smarter and Harder. I, again, am your host, Jonathan Rogers, and today we are coming right back into the science of things. Last week, we had a little bit of discussion on motivation, and we were talking a little bit about some tips for progress and tips to maintain those things. This week, we're jumping right back into it. We are discussing the difference of free weights versus machines. Um, this is a topic that I find particular interest in because um, I think that a lot of people don't understand the history of where both systems came from. And so we're going to dive a little bit into that today as well as looking over a little bit of the benefits and maybe the um, the detriments to both and trying to establish exactly what it is that we're looking to achieve out of both of those because they are both very goal-oriented. And what I mean by that is that they are both very dependent on what your goals are and how you like to approach your exercise. So I want to talk about that today. Um, but before we hop into that, we're going to talk about our mindset, give you, I just have one quote for you guys today. Um, and we're going to talk about it here after the podcast or after the, uh, initial discussion. And it's from Epictetus today. And we are discussing, uh, your environment and the company around you. Um, and he says the key is to keep company only with the people who uplift you, whose presence calls forth your best. So we will hop back into that closer to the end of the episode, and uh, for now, we will go ahead and hop right into talking a little bit about the difference between um, free weights and machines. So machines were originally created and intended to be um, actually more of a supplement to free body movement. So they were initially introduced in the United States uh, at Harvard, actually, by um, two separate individuals, Charles Beck in 1824, and then also, also Dudley Allen Sargent who were both actually very avid gymnasts, they actually had found that for certain individuals that had a harder time with getting up into a set of rings, for example, or getting onto a high bar or something else along those lines where they were having a lot of problems with body control, they would actually create these levers and pulley systems that would actually create and um, simulate a their own body weight. And then after they started to move that efficiently after a period of time, what they would do then is they would use that as kind of their launch pad and they would go from there to start focusing on the point where they could support their own bodily weight. Um, so the interesting thing that I find there is that they were machines initially were created as more of a supplementary piece um, and they have remained very popular as a lot of people uh, today are obviously using them. Um, we have different uh, sets of machines. We have Smith machines for squatting and for bench press. Um, we have lots of different machines that are specifically directed towards um, an individual muscular contraction um, uh, aside from others. And uh, again, returning to my initial point, I just find it very interesting that they were initially created as a piece to be kind of like a stepping stone towards a better body control, um, which is kind of one of my bigger arguments against them is that they are kind of meant to, for those who have a hard time developing strength and developing coordination, they're kind of more of a supplementary piece to help you build up to a certain point where you can control um, your body a little bit better and you can uh, actually move weight more independently without the assistance of a machine. So with that being said, that, that kind of shows a little bit more of my bias in this particular um, section, but there are, I am definitely a little bit more, um, uh, I want to say, biased towards free weights and towards gymnastic movements in general, obviously just due to my CrossFit background and current activity. Um, however, I will say that after doing some research, I have found certain uh, evidence to suggest that there is definitely benefits to both. And I think that, that again, like I mentioned in the beginning, that they are definitely um, 
they are definitely benefit driven and kind of goal driven. So it depends on what you are looking to get out of your exercise and kind of where your level of confidence is at with regard to your coordination and with your physical capability because that's what they were originally designed to do is they were designed to help supplement that movement so that you could have a either one or multiple muscles contracting at a time and without any fear of dropping or losing balance or anything else like that while moving the weight. Um, so it is a much safer alternative. Um, however, I will say that they are definitely much more expensive. We're going to get a little bit into that here in a bit. Um, the alternative, and like I said, the opposite side of our discussion today is going to be free weights. Now, free weights are something that have been around for a long time. Um, their concept is very, very straightforward. You pick it up, you put it back down, you pick it up, you put it back down. That's pretty much the gist of it. Um, the difference, however, is that when it comes to free weights, is that there is a lot more bodily control that has to be put into place. Um, and I think that this is where we start to see a lot of those YouTube fail videos and a lot of those funny ones that we like to watch where people are either abusing a free weight and they're lifting it incorrectly or poorly or they are um, dropping it or something else along those lines. There is definitely some disadvantage there depending on the individual and how they are moving the weight. Um, so free weights are definitely, like I said, simple. It's an object. It's heavier than typically your body weight. You pick it up, you put it back down, pick it up, put it back down, etc., etc. Um, now the upside to this is if you approach free weights correctly, then there is a potential uh, gain outside of the machines that the machines don't actually have access to. And that is going to be neurological communication and coordination. So when we start to move a load externally from our bodies, when we're not trusting something to support it for us, when it's completely dependent upon our coordination, that actually creates a stronger sense of balance and stability and actually trains your body to have a stronger and more efficient proprioceptive system. Um, that proprioceptive system is the thing that tells you if you were to close your eyes and you were to pick up your left hand and then reach out to your left side, that's, that's what would tell you that without looking or seeing it or even feeling anything, that's the part of your body, the sense that tells you, hey, your left arm is elevated at your side. So proprioception is something that can be trained with, um, with uh, free weights more predominantly. There is a little bit of development that will go into place when we start looking at machines, but it is inconsequential when we compare it to the benefit of free weights as well um, as having that major benefit of that additional coordination factor. Um, so when I was talking about goals earlier, there is definitely a difference there. Um, it just depends on exactly what it is that you're looking to get out of your training. And I want to talk about the fact that when it comes to muscular sh like strength and size, there really isn't a big difference here. So there had there's a, uh, some research that I had found that goes over this. And I will, again, I will include all the links below so that you guys can look into those. Um, so uh, what they had done is they had taken two groups and they had them both perform exercises on machines and also on free weights. And they were focusing on the same muscle groups so that they were similar. And then what they were doing is they were uh, comparing them after 10 weeks of, or I'm sorry, 24 weeks of training. And what they found was that there's not a lot of difference in muscle mass or in strength. Um, so here's what they said. No significant changes for either group, training group, and whole body lean tissue mass assessed by uh, researchers. 
but significant increases in biceps and quadriceps muscle thickness across both groups. Subjects had previous training experience and might have been close to their ceiling level of lean body mass. Um, and then blah, blah, blah. They go on to say that it might, might not have had a huge effect on them anyways. Um, however, they do say that overall that there is not as much of a, there, there's not a huge difference here. Um, they had a hypothesis that there would be a greater increase uh, in muscle mass associated with free weights. Um, however, they did find that they, it was comparable. It was very, very similar. So I will say that um, within that specific research, if you are looking to simply improve muscle mass, there is absolutely nothing wrong with using machines. Um, if you're looking to simply look better and simply trying to feel better and you're not really w worried so much about that neuromuscular component, then by all means, the machines are definitely the, the route for you. Um, one of the other things that they did mention um, in, a, in another study is that there is a little bit of a confidence issue as well when it comes to free weights, um, as it does take some actual, there's an actual learning curve that is expressed whenever you start using free weights. Um, and it's not as attractive, I want to say, in the first couple of weeks as compared to a machine. Um, you could take uh, an Olympic, uh, or like a, I want to say like a professional bodybuilder, and then you could take your, um, your niece or your grandmother or something like that. And you could put them both on a machine and ask them to perform an exercise, and I guarantee it wouldn't look that different. Now, if I told you to do the same thing with a bicep curl, then you would start to notice some differences there as there's some neuromuscular disconnect there as the machine is not guiding the movement and the muscular contraction is going to be um, a little bit more, a little bit different uh, in comparison. Um, although I will say that from that previous study um, that I had mentioned before, they did find that when they were testing, they were looking at testosterone levels as well associated with either machine use or free weight use. Um, they did find that when performing free weight lifting, that there was over time, not immediately, but over time, there, is a, there was a greater increase in free testosterone. So uh, this is important for men and women, especially uh, maybe even more for women, because when we start to look at testosterone, um, it's not as readily available to women, which is why we have a difference in muscle mass there in general. Um, and so if you are somebody who maybe has a hard time building muscle mass, you might want to be considering looking at or building muscle mass faster, I should say. You might want to be looking at using free weights as an alter alternative to machines simply for the fact that you are starting to have a greater release of testosterone, which is a greater tool for building muscle, and so on and so forth. So that is one thing that they did find is that there was a significant increase in um, testosterone uh, production when free weights were used as opposed to uh, a machine. So... Uh, with that being said, um, that was one of the first ones that I found, and that's kind of talking about that goal dependence. So if you are looking to just get stronger and you are looking to um, have a better physique and you're wanting to look better, there's absolutely nothing wrong with using machines or free weights. You can do either or. There are just a couple of different things. There are just a couple of little different things that do help free weights stand apart from machines. Um Another research article that I was looking at, they had done some research on how free weights actually had an impact on older adults. So they took a group of older adults and over a period of 10 weeks, they performed um, uh, 
a free weight exercise routine. And what they found was that it actually helps with stability. So here's what they said. The overall outcome suggests that free weight instability resistance training is capable to improve executive functions in healthy older adults within 10 weeks. These findings extend previous study results of multi-component exercise interventions and, uh, on executive functions in older adults. Our previous research advocates the feasibility and effectiveness of instability resistance training uh, was confirmed in this study. And then they go on to say that free weight, free weight resistance training appears to affect all tested executive functions. Um, indeed, we found medium effects for an improvement in working memory, uh, processing speed, and response inhibition uh, for one group compared to the stable modalities, while all groups demonstrated improvements over time for the trail-making test, uh, which I'm not absolutely sure what that is. Either way, they had found that there was an improvement in all of these different neurological components, um, especially within older adults, and one of those bigger ones was stability. And I think that that's such an important thing that we need to pay attention to, especially as we look at older adults, because one of the leading factors for death or premature death in older adults is falling. Um, so if we can create a system where they are actually using this form of resistance training and free body or free weight training, then we can actually start to increase some stability and also some cognitive function as well. So there is a lot of information. There's a lot more information there. And if you guys want to look into that more, please feel free to. That was just something that I wanted to pull out and give to you guys as well um, that I think is a great recommendation for older adults that are looking to not only help out with building uh, muscle dense or bone density and muscle muscular strength, but also looking to improve a little bit of that neurological component and that stability and balance. I think that um, free weight training is an excellent idea for older adults, especially, um, especially ones that maybe even are, are already experiencing some potential difficulty with balance. There is some huge benefit there. Okay, and then the last one that I wanted to talk about was an actual, they had, uh, this one's actually a, it is not a typical article that you would go and research or like a typical scientific experiment. Um, however, it was more of a discussion and an interview with um, Gregory Half, uh, who's a PhD um, from Neuromus Neuromuscular Laboratory at Appalachian State University. Uh, so they had asked just a couple of kind of the very basic questions, and this was kind of the thing that we had originally discussed in the beginning. And they said, what are the general advantages and disadvantages of free weights? Um, so this is, uh, this is what they said. Um, the general advantages of free weights are that they are often used for exercise that involve a large portion of the body's musculature, either directly for support and stabilization. They lend themselves to ballistic or explosive exercise. Basketball players and football players, I am looking at you guys here um, and looking at fighters here. Um, you definitely want to be using free weights as a building tool for your explosive movements. Um, they go on to say they can be readily used to simulate real world lifting movements, involve ranges of motion and muscle activation patterns similar to those in many sport movements. Again, like I said, particularly for the lower body and they are relatively low in cost. Um, when we start to look at the average pricing for machines, especially, I mean, nobody's going out and buying their own machines typically to put into their house. And if you are, um, I would definitely recommend potentially investing in free weights as opposed to because you're going to be spending so much money on a machine that could potentially have less benefit for you overall. However, they do go on to list some disadvantages of free weights. They can be intimidating for people who lack confidence in their athletic ability. 
This is absolutely true. Um, so from somebody who is coming from a coaching perspective, um, one of the hardest parts for me to coach people on, I think, is when we start to go into any kind of external weight load, um, especially if they're brand new, they haven't done anything outside of bicep curls and bent over rows, or if they have been using machines for a long time, that crossover bridge from machines to free weights is a, it is a very intimidating gap for some people. Um, not so much I've noticed with guys, Guys tend to kind of jump all in there and try to get their hands on everything. Um, I've noticed it maybe a little bit more for women, um, and it's nothing against women in any way, shape, or form. I have simply noticed that there is a little bit of a difference in confidence there when it comes to approaching free weights. Um, so I think that there is definitely that is where the importance of having a coach comes into place. I think that it is important to have somebody who can walk you through those movements properly to help build confidence and help you start in the right place. Because I believe that um, with a machine, you can start unassisted, you can have a general introduction, you can read the label, and you can throw some weight on and you can start moving. With free weights, there is a confidence factor that when you start to move correctly and you start to move appropriately, um, like I was talking about earlier, you start to make it look the way that it's supposed to that can help build some confidence and that's where having a coach and having somebody who is experienced walking you through those appropriate steps is important um, going back to the article they discuss uh, that uh, when it comes to free weights uh, and again these are the disadvantages um, they provide little resistance except in the downward direction so whenever we're looking at free weights what they mean there is we have an upward movement and then we have a downward movement as well um, and the resistance is a little bit different in both directions. With our upwards movement, we're going to have typically a little bit more force is produced by the body, but it is going to create not as much of a positive effect as putting the weight back down. So like a deadlift starting from the top and then working your way back down is a much better way to like is a much more of a strength building portion than actually the lifting portion is. Um, and or a better way to build strength, I should say, um, as opposed to machines. Machines typically they have the same resistance both going up and down, so you will have that positive benefit on both sides. Um, another part of this is that another disadvantage is that they do require more time than do machines to adjust resistance when plates and collars are used. And I have a little bit of a disagreement with this one because while I, I do agree that they do take longer to put together, I think that if you are genuinely concerned with the outcomes and with your goals and where you're going, I don't know if, if I think, I think that you should be aware of your time and be careful of the timing that you give yourself when it comes to exercise. If you're only giving yourself 15 to 20 minutes to get exercise in and you're planning on using machines for that time of period or you're planning on using free weights and you're like oh well i was supposed to go and do deadlifts today but i don't happen to have the time to be able to put all that stuff together today i will go ahead and use a machine instead i i would beg to differ on that again simply because of the the differences there are, are pretty large when we start to looking at those a little bit more and i don't want to get into that too much but i think that when it comes to exercise that you should be giving yourself plenty of time to take the appropriate steps to use the equipment that you need to use. Uh, they continue on to say that free weights usually require separate weight plates that may come misplaced, left in places that could create hazards or fall on users. Again, this is where we start to create kind of that bodily awareness and we start to have the importance of having a coach. So whenever we do start to have this equipment laying around, I will say that I have seen a couple people almost trip and fall or kind of stumble or like maybe get a finger smashed or something like that whenever we start to look at use, the use of free weights. 
um, from my coaching experience. However, again, when you start to create that body con- that body awareness and that um, uh, that confidence with that level, you are paying attention to that. You are aware of what is going on. You know where all of your equipment is at. And depending on the facility that you're going to, they should have the weights correctly placed and organized. That is not true for all facilities, but I would say that most good facilities should have their weights organized in a way that is not confusing for you, that you cannot figure it out. They do go on to say they are more likely than machines to cause injury if the user is inept or careless. And I think that that last part is important to pay attention to when I say inept or careless, because in the last four years of me performing CrossFit and doing Olympic lifting and, I mean movements overhead, back squats, deadlifts, front squats, cleans and jerks, um, snatching, um, loads of dumbbell movements, uh, all this kind of stuff. I have never received an injury based on the weight. Um, I have had very excellent coaches along the way that have ensured that I am aware of how to properly, um, remove myself from that environment. But I will say that if you are not approaching these correctly, injury is entirely possible However, if you have the correct training and coaching, then it is definitely not something that you should expect. If you are aware of the situation and you are aware of what you are doing and you have full confidence going into that movement, absolutely. If you don't, that's when it's time to reach out to somebody more experienced or a coach to help you establish the proper steps to reach that point where you can move that weight effectively. Um, Another one of the disadvantages they list is that they are not readily used for circuit training because of the time required to change resistance. So this is true. I will say that um, even in the world of CrossFit, we typically will have um, sometimes where you will have intervals where the weight will increase over a period of time. And it can be very tedious to increase your weight and to rearrange things as they are put. Um, But it depends on the space that you are in. If you are in a conventional Globo gym, then yes, it is going to be very difficult to Set your weight down somewhere that isn't occupied that you can walk away and people aren't going to take your stuff and you can go back and you can either grab the weight that you need and leave it out somewhere, go use a different machine like a rower or a treadmill and then return to that spot and still expect your stuff to be there. So alternatively, if you're in an environment like a CrossFit environment where you have a coach and you have other people around while you are performing that other modality or that other piece, typically either the coach or somebody else who is available for that specific purpose will change the weight for you. So uh, every time that um, we ever have a competition or something else like that where the weight will be changed, either the athlete and a coach or a judge will work together to change that weight or whatever we need to do to uh, try and expedite that process because, yes, it can be very tedious as compared to using machines in a gym. Um, I would say that if you are doing um, interval training in a global gym that you should definitely be maybe maybe more considerate to be using machines as opposed to free weights just so that you are not taking up space and that you aren't um, leaving equipment laying around for other people who, again, would create that hazard of people who are maybe not bodily aware or weren't aware of its presence or you may be using equipment that other people could be utilizing at that time. So just a couple of things there that I think are very important to pay attention to. Um, So there's just some disadvantages of uh, free weights and some advantages as well. Um, And then I have one more. And this was from another uh, individual who had also had some comment on this. They said that some exercises such as leg curls, knee extensions, leg presses, and calf raises are difficult, if not impossible, to perform with free weights. So this is another good point to bring about. Um, If you are looking specifically at like rehabilitative purposes or total isolation of a muscle group like the quadricep or the calf or the hamstring, one hamstring specifically, 
free weights can be very difficult for this to manage. So if you are maybe in a rehabilitative state where you've had knee surgery or foot surgery or shoulder surgery or something else like that, machines are a great supplemental way to help build strength without leaning on that neuromuscular so much. But again, when we talk about going into kind of that rehabilitative state, we're kind of lowering the level of difficulty with that. So we would expect that machines are an appropriate level to be using um, at that time because there is a there is a difference in difficulty when you look at using a machine versus using a set of free weights. So absolutely, if we were looking at somebody with shoulder surgery and they were wanting to still make sure that they were getting exercise in, the, in uh, one of their arms, whether right or the left, then I would definitely recommend um, a machine with an isolated movement to begin with to kind of help maintain strength and bone density within that region um, so long as and to help them move safely and prevent re-injury and then eventually after a while of kind of helping to re-establish some of that confidence and that strength then I would potentially encourage them to start working towards free weight so they can start building in some of that balance and coordination again um, because I think that that's a great way to start making progress in that area so alternatively they went on and they discussed some of the advantages and disadvantages of machines um, so they said that they do not usually intimidate novice users. And again, this is what we discussed. The level of difficulty for machines versus free weights is just different. Um, and it is, they, have, they were created initially for um, beginners anyways. Um, they were designed to provide resistance in any direction. Um, this is absolutely true. So you can, every time that you go into a Globo gym, you're going to look and you're going to see um, all different kinds of machines. And they are all designed to use a different part of the body. There's definitely no... I don't think that there's any part of the body that gets left or missed when we look at machines. Um, so there's definitely that as well. Um, they usually provide a quick and easy means of changing resistance. This is also true. Um, you take the pin out, you put the pin a little bit lower on it to increase your weight, put a little higher to increase your weight. But again, I have a little bit of a difficulty with that because if your limiting factor for not using free weights is the amount of setup that it takes, then you need, I think that there's an important reassessment that needs to take place there of how willing you really are to get your goals or if they're too inconvenient for you, then they're not worth the time. I mean, I think that there's an important thing to be discussed there. Um, another one that they mentioned is that they are generally self-contained, not requiring add-on weights that might be misplaced. Um, this is true. They typically take up a single square of space and they are typically... Um, not super in the way they can be um, uh, placed in a five by five square foot area and that won't bleed into any other areas kind of like weights will um, I will say that definitely if you've ever been to any kind of a weightlifting competition or if you've ever even been to a CrossFit class where you've had like heavy weight I mean the plates end up all over the floor versus the machines are typically pretty self-contained and if you're more worried about space and stuff like that machines are a good idea in that sense as well um, they do not generally require a spotter for safety. So this is another thing to that pay attention to. So like if we were looking at a back squat or a bench press, for example, which are examples of free weights, then sometimes depending on how heavy it gets, then you may you need the use of a spotter. Um, and a spotter is somebody who's going to be making sure that you can move safely. Um, if you do not have access to a spotter, then a machine may be a good uh, idea for you. Um, the only argument that I would have to that is that as you start to gain more experience when it comes to weightlifting and depending on the space that you're in, um, like in the gym where I lift, if I'm doing heavy back squats one day, I typically have enough space that if I get to a lift that I can't get out of where let's say I'm getting to the bottom of the squat and I'm coming back out of it. If I am coming back up and I'm having difficulty with that, 
there are certain steps and cues that you should have learned at this point that are important to know. Again, part of the education process when it comes to handling weight that gets you out of that situation where you can leave, you can drop that barbell, you can drop that weight on the ground so that you can safely dismount and get yourself away from that weight so that when it moves, you move in the opposite direction, so on and so forth. So I think that you, and, and you should be able to assess what you can and cannot lift as well. I think that there is a little bit of um, humility that comes with that, that you should be able to look at something and say, well, that's really close to what I can lift once or my one rep max. Perhaps I should be only lifting at 70% to make sure that since I don't have a spotter, I won't hurt myself in the situation. Again, that does come with knowledge and with training as well. Um, let's see. Another one they go through is they require little knowledge of proper exercise form and maybe organizing a circuit to provide a fast and convenient way to exercise all major muscle groups. So yeah, so the machines are definitely convenient. They are set up, they are ready to go. If they aren't being used, then by somebody else at the time, they can be easily utilized, set up, good to go. But again, I want to make sure that everybody understands that wh what your goals are and how important they are. Because personally for me, I dedicate that time that when I'm going to exercise, that I will take the proper steps to make sure that I am moving what I need to and giving myself enough time so that I'm not quote unquote inconvenienced by free weight or by the weight that I am having to put together and to move around. Um, can it be tedious sometimes when you're loading up a heavy deadlift bar? Absolutely. Um, but is it worth the time and worth the effort? Also absolutely. So I think that it just depends on really your assessment of how quote unquote convenient you want to make your exercise. Um, then they go into a little bit of the disadvantages of exercise machines that are generally, um, they provide sequential training of isolated muscle groups rather than training major muscle groups in unison. So whenever we're looking at, like I said earlier, like a deadlift, we are looking at utilizing the grip in the forearms and in the shoulders and the, the shoulder blades. We are looking at utilizing um, a majority of the posterior chain, which involves uh, a lot of your muscles in your, uh, in your uh, gluteus maximus and, and your back. And you guys get the idea. We're looking at all these major muscle groups that are involved in the process. Whereas we have a hamstring curl machine, which is where you'll lay in a prone position on your stomach. And then you would isolate just like the three specific muscles in the hamstring like that are specifically involved in move flexion of your knee. So there is definitely some difference there as well. Um, and it depends again on what your overall looking outcome is. If you are a bodybuilder and you are looking to create hypertrophy in your hamstring group because you are perfectly built in every other area but your hamstrings need some help, then yeah, you want to isolate that hamstring muscle group because you're looking to create a specific look or physique. Um, let's see. Another one that they mention is they do not lend themselves to, uh, to, ba to ballistic or explosive exercises. So like I said earlier, basketball players, football players, uh, volleyball players, if you guys are using machines on a regular basis, you're not really supplementing what you're looking to uh, achieve in your sport. So in your sport, you are looking to jump and to run, to make quick turns and to sprint at very short distances and make very explosive movements over a very short period of time. So I would expect that we need to be looking at performing more dynamic and more explosive movements to simulate that so that when we take that in training and we have that ballistic training, it's going to bleed into our actual performance versus that isometric or that, that stationary machine training is it, it, yes, we will build muscular strength, but it won't feed into that ballistic or explosive movement. Um, 
they do not simulate real world lifting movements. And I think that this for me personally is the greatest knock against machines that I have. Um, yes, I absolutely agree that we need to be paying attention to increasing muscular strength and confidence when it comes to moving things. But I think that at some point it is so important and essential that we move on to free weights because it is such a better simulation of real world life. Um, I think that exercise really should be as a training and as a practice modality that you can take and you can apply to everyday life. Um, you should be able to tell your neighbor, hey, I have no problem moving that couch with you or moving that massive armoire or moving that freezer because I have gone through a certain amount of training on my own and in my own time and I know how to pick up something correctly. I have appropriate grip strength from deadlifts and from these other movements as well, um, from bicep curls and whatnot and moving that weight on your own and I, I have the appropriate strength and coordination to move that and help you with that because life is going to be 90%. Training is going to be the 10%. So I think that if we can take that 10% and allow it to impact our real world life, then we should absolutely do that. And we should absolutely be okay with doing that. Because again, that's just my, that's more of my personal opinion and it depends on your goals. But I believe that our training should be supplementary and foundational and fundamental to our everyday life. And machines have a really hard time simulating those movements um, due to their support. They really do a lot of the neurological heavy lifting for you where you don't have to think. You could pull out your phone and you could watch a YouTube video while you do a couple of um, knee extensions on a machine. Um, and I definitely think that's possible. I don't see people doing that very often, but I have seen it before. Um, the other part of the, the one that they last, the last one that they um, discuss is they do not simulate, they do not uh, simulate complex muscle activation patterns characteristic of sports and are relatively high in cost. So again, we're looking at that very expensive aspect of it. Um, free weights can also be very pricey depending on where you get them, but the machines are so much more expensive. Um, I think that most people are probably not looking to invest in them, especially if you're in college or something like that. You typically have access to one through your school. Um, uh, so there's just a little bit of some discussion on a couple of different points uh, when it comes to machines versus free weights. And I wanted to kind of just start breaking those down for you guys a little bit. Um, I absolutely have nothing against using machines as a starting point and as a supplement to building some strength so that you can build some confidence in moving your own body within space and then moving on to free weights eventually as a primary source of your exercise and for your strength training. Um, and as we mentioned, as we saw earlier, there's a lot of benefit to that for older adults as well. There's an improvement in stability and balance and coordination there. Um, and honestly, if I have to be, if I, if I, if I have to bring this down to a very trivial, trivial point, I simply think that free weights are more fun. I think that they are much more interactive. Um, like I said, you could text somebody while using a knee extension machine, but when you're using free weights, there's so much focus that has to go into that movement. And when you do have a, a movement like a really good power clean or a beautiful snatch, there is a wonderful euphoric dopamine response that you get from moving something appropriately because it is a built and developed skill. It's kind of like performing your first full song on the piano or the guitar. There is a wonderful feeling when you know that that training and that practice that you have placed into developing this skill, because it is a skill, 
when you finally get to that point where you have developed that skill appropriately and you can perform the action appropriately and safely, there is a wonderful feeling that responds or that, that is that results from that. So that's kind of my little rant on those two topics. And I think and I hope you guys get something out of that. And I hope you guys are encouraged. Um, again, machines are very goal specific. If you never want to move free weights, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Machines are the place for you. But I would encourage you and I would challenge you to try something different um, and just try it and see if you might like it more because you never know. Um, my one recommendation is if you are not an avid free weight user already, that you find somebody with either more experience who is willing to take the time or you find an actual coach who is willing to take the time to appropriately walk you through those steps and build your confidence and your strength and your muscular coordination so that you can move properly. Um, if you are an avid free weight user such as myself, then I would recommend that you guys start using some machines every once in a while to supplement some specific muscle groups if you feel like you have are lacking in a certain area. Um, like myself, I think that I could definitely benefit from some shoulder pressing and overhead pressing. I kind of have that neuromuscular, I, I kind of have the coordination for it, but I think that there's some strength missing there. So I could definitely supplement some of that with a machine to specifically target my uh, upper shoulders and rear shoulders as well. So I think that that's something that I will be looking into. Um, so yeah, so just branching out and trying different things a little bit and not, um, not, not ridiculing anybody for any kind of use, again, because everybody's goals are so different, but just making sure that we are trying to maximize the time that we spend in the gym and the time that we spend in training so that it has a better and po more positive impact on our daily life. And speaking of daily life, I wanted to get a little bit into this last little part. Um, that uh, quote that I gave you guys in the beginning was from Epictetus. And it was saying the key to keep company the key is to keep company only with the people who uplift you, whose presence calls forth your best. Um, and I think that this is something that I've started to realize more and more. And I think that once you start to surround yourself with a community that is moving in the same direction as you are, you will start to reach your goals a lot faster and you will start to find a support for your dreams like never before. Um, and I know that this is very difficult because I also work in a work environment where there is not a lot of shared goals and a lot of shared mindset, um, especially with the things that I'm trying to do. So I understand that it can also be very difficult, but I would encourage you that there is a severe benefit to the people that you surround yourself with and the people that you choose to spend your free time with is critical. Um, I am also very lucky to be married and I have a wonderful wife who is going to, who has supported me through all of my goals and my steps along the way in the, this pursuit of um, knowledge and trying to share with you guys some stuff along those lines. Um, so that does help a lot. Um, but if you are not married, I also understand that you could be in a living situation where you maybe have roommates or you have family that doesn't agree with you or agree with your mindset. And the thing that I would recommend is that if you can try to help them understand your viewpoint and your mindset to help give them some perspective and help them either to maybe appreciate your goals or at least respect those goals enough not to trot upon them. But if that's not possible, then you need to be trying to minimize the time that you spend with them and start maximizing the time that you spend with the people who are pushing you towards those goals that you are seeking and striving for. Because a lot of the time, like I mentioned in the last episode, accountability is a huge, huge factor when it comes to achieving your goals and making them easier mentally. Um, whenever we go into, um, uh, into a, and, I, and I think this is the pivotal point 
of why CrossFit is so effective for a lot of different reasons is because whenever you look at a CrossFit environment, you are entering a smaller space surrounded by people who are going to experience the exact same thing as you and moving for the exact same goal of you as you, which is to finish a certain workout in a certain amount of time or with a certain amount of reps within a certain given period of time as best they possibly can. Um, and this isn't always perfect all the way across the board, but 90% of the time you have people who are trying to move and strive and work with you to create something better, to try and improve and better themselves. So I think that there is that is a huge attraction factor for that, um, which is why I think that when it comes to Globo Gyms, if you are not going with other people who, again, have similar goals as you, which I would highly recommend, it can be very difficult and very discouraging as you are working on one thing and you see somebody else working on something else. Uh, and it's simply because your goals are different. They're trying to achieve the same exercise and there is some of that resounding um, motivation to try and work harder because you are surrounded by people who are trying to better themselves. Um, but it can be a little bit discouraging because you guys are not working on the same thing or if you are working on the same thing, it's more of a competitive aspect and there is some negative uh, mindset that can get correlated with that. Um, but again, more than more it's more positive than not when it comes to that environment um but i want to again overall emphasize uh starting to and i, and I want to challenge you guys to start even if you're not in a position where you are trying to start crossfit or anything like that that's simply my little bit of a rant for that and uh, in favor of that and um but if you are simply in an environment where maybe even you're doing your exercise on your own, you're totally alone when you're doing it, um, like runners or bikers or anything else like that, um, the time that you do spend with people, I want you to try and make sure that it is time well spent, that it is with time with people who are checking in with you, that are wanting your well-being to be met, that are people that are trying to encourage you to continue to succeed. Because even through simply words and through positive feelings alone with those people that you spend time with, you are going to find so much more benefit out of that. You're going to find so much more encouragement to continue with your goals and you are going to become a better person because of that. Because often your goals are more ambitious than petty things. And so when you start to spend more time with those people who are creating that positive feedback for you, you will find yourself moving in the right direction. Okay, so that's a little bit shorter for today. I want to thank you guys so much again for listening. Um, and today I do want to call out, I am and actually I am a brand ambassador for um, Grit Collective. They are a clothing brand that was started by some very, very good friends of mine. You can find them on Instagram. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that stuck out to me more than just the fact that it was some friend, really good friends of mine who started it um, is that they have a brand that really stands for something and it really it creates a uh, certain feeling whenever you purchase their items because they're they're a company that stands for something and i think more and more we're starting to see companies are coming out with ideals and with motivations greater than simply selling products um but this one i do love uh, at grit collective because they are they have such a especially for the for the uh, fitness community there is such a huge push for mindset and a lot of their clothing has kind of got that big huge reminder on it that is reminding you to continue to push on so if you guys haven't checked them out yet, I definitely would. Um, I definitely wear one of their hoodies way too often. 
It has definitely been my saving grace this winter for coaching early in the mornings. And their shirts are also super, super comfortable. They're some of my favorites to wear whenever I do wear them. Um, so if you guys haven't checked them out already, go ahead and check out Grit Collective. Again, on Instagram, and you can find their website as well. Uh, they have hats, they have t-shirts, and like I said, they have hoodies, and they have tank tops as well, especially as we're getting into the warmer season. Probably going to be a good idea to start looking into those. Um, and if you have any more questions on that, they have a really cool story about how they started as well. They did kind of start during the COVID pandemic. They are pretty new, um, but I just wanted to share that and give you guys a little bit of background on them. They are some really cool people that have really been encouraging to me, and I really love the products that they have created. Um, you guys go ahead and contact me if you need to. Again, at my email will be listed in the link down below. My Instagram profile is uh, Rogers underscore athlete at 88 or un Rogers underscore athlete 88. Uh, and that is probably the best way to get a hold of me if you have any questions. Uh, but you can also email me with longer questions as well. I'm happy to discuss anything that you heard in the podcast that maybe you did or didn't like. Um, and I would encourage you guys to reach out anyways, do your own research and to read the articles that I share down below. There's a lot of really cool information there. And we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks so much.